if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. We're introducing Claire Wickens again today. Now, if you know Claire, um, you would have gone through her previous podcast, or podcasts, I should say. You know, she's done a couple and done a couple of Listener's Choice 293. Claire's a Grand Prix competitor, trainer, and coach, and she's got a successful show career. She also breeds warm bloods. She uses cross-training to keep dressage horses effortly beautiful. And also, she's a competitor. She's you know, amongst people she's training, she's coaching. So she's got a really unique way of um, introducing the 10 ways to keep horses, buying and selling horses, keeping both parties happy. Claire, how are you? Very well, thank you. Yeah. Claire, I like this subject that you want to talk about. We've talked about buying horses before, not buying and selling horses. So you're coming in from a unique point of view, you know, keeping both parties happy very important in any commercial transaction if you want to have repeat business. And it, it may not even be repeat business from the same person, but if you can keep both parties happy and you've got a good reputation, then whoever buys a horse from you is going to also recommend that someone else um, to someone else to buy a horse from you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the fundament for me. If yeah. I place the right horse in the right home, yep. that'll sell, because I'm, I'm continuing breeding each year, that'll sell the next horse. And what I went one eventually is I don't have to advertise them. They're just there's a queue of people at the front door saying, "What have you got?" And ultimately, if you're selling to the right person, the horse is going to go to the right home. The horse is going to be happy. Yes. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. All right, when we talk about it, the buyer, if they're thinking about, you know, and thinking these are not just horses that get picked up at the doggers and get sold as rescue horses and, and that. These are horses that are bred as international competitors. So sometimes people might buy one horse in their life that's going to be at that level and they'd be their dream horse. So what are we looking for there when we talk to the buyer? Well, when I put up an ad, I always put my phone number and I try to have a conversation. Lots of yep. people in this digital age just want to text you or message you and I really try and get people to talk because um, I've been surrounded by a lot of real estate people and it resonates with me that they, they said what people say they want isn't always what they end up with or yes. what they truly want. Mm-hmm. So when I have a conversation, I can, I've can. i often numerous horses here and some will be actively on the market and others might not be for sale, but if the right buyer comes along, I may decide to sell them. So I always ask them, what are you looking for? And by having a conversation, you, can, you get to see what features they would like and what is really the most important thing. Like a lot of people say to me, I can't have a man. I can't have a man. You know, when I was 14, I had a man. It was a disaster. Mm. Now, I love mares. Yep. I tend to breed. I don't know why. I tend to breed fellies. Uh, the so people who use my stallions tend to breed colts. Isn't that crazy. funny? Yeah, funny. Yep. And stallions here, the, the, the fillies just pop up, right? Yep. So I have a lot of mares for sale. But my mares are brought up like no nonsense. And mm-hmm. I think that really affects the way they are able to handle it. That if you just if you don't allow them, you know, to be alpha mare like while you're riding, that they can be alpha mare in the paddock, but 
but they also need to be able to accept discipline and not be nasty about it. So, yeah, so I always ask people, what what is it that you're after? And then, um, yeah, and, and, and I have a pen and paper and I write down a list um, because I might have four horses or six horses and then I can instantly rule out, okay, they don't want a three-year-old or they don't have the budget for a FEI horse or, yeah, they really don't want a mare. Yeah. Yep. yep. So we often go through height, colour, sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I ask pretty early on about budget. Yep. Because there's no point in us having an hour conversation. Oh, absolutely. If they mm. want a world class horse for ten thousand. I yes. can't help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then age, for some people it doesn't matter, and some people want a horse that's been around the block. Yep. Do you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. they might be in their 60s and they just want something, they might want a more of a schoolmaster type horse. And other people, they want the adventure of the young horse. Some people, it is of utmost importance that the horse has been out. Some people just don't want to do that. Do you know what I mean? They don't want yes. to be the first competition yep. experience. Yep. Yep. And, I, and I get that. That's a bit intimidating to some people. Mm. Um, and then some people want a flying change. They might have a roadblock at a flying change or at PR for something. So they they want proof that the horse has done that. Yes. And then I also talk to them about scope and potential because some people want this international horse, but they don't. We don't all have the ability to ride that. Yes. Yep. Yes, because yep. and, and I'm not being demeaning to anybody. Mm-hmm. I've had some recent injuries and I have some super moving horses and I'm struggling a bit with them at the moment. Yep. And I won't eventually, but physically right now I am struggling with them. So for some other people, like especially parents, they'll say 100% just could be reliable. It, I want it that can have a month off and my kid can get on and I know I, know I can go to the shops and come home and she'll still be alive. Yes, yes. Yeah, so yes. some people want, if I go in and do my best test, nobody can catch up with me. Mm-hmm. And other people um, want, no, I want the safest, safest horse you've got on the property. Yep. So we, we go through and, and, and I write a list. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I, 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 push, I push them a little bit and say, how stuck are you on that? Because I've got something that's got more, more potential with that, but will you have somebody to support you and help you? You know, mm-hmm. that, that's, a, that's a strong personality, that horse. It's got huge movement. That's fine if you have regular coaching or somebody who can get on for you occasionally. Yeah. People will come with what they want, but it may not be what they need. And you're really no. going and drilling down in that and, um, and thinking about what they need. And I know you said that you talk about price early, but I suppose the buyers have got to be sensible to what they can afford, what's essential there's got to be some flexibility there, hasn't there? Oh, there has. And mm. and I'm sometimes flexible in price, sometimes absolutely not. Yep. But uh, uh, sometimes there's, there's a flexibility. But there, I also find that there's some buyers who think they can knock the price down 60%. Mm. And mm. then I find that quite rude because yep. they wouldn't go to David Jones or out to dinner mm. and, and do the same. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, yes, the market is a buyer's market because of drought and floods and fires sure. and virus. And yes, I get that. But at an elite luxury level, the horses, that cost a lot. Absolutely. You know, to produce. Yep, yep. yep. 
but my my vet bill alone this year for breeding only mm-hmm. was forty thousand. Yeah, yep. And that's yep. to get the pregnancies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that isn't my end game. Yeah, yeah. That does need to be recouped at some stage. Yes, yes, yeah. Thinking about it from the buyer's point of view, you know, if I yep. was going to buy a horse and I was having a conversation with you about the horse that I'd like to buy, what sort of things would you want to tell me about the horse? Like the first thing is, why is this horse for sale? What would you tell me? What would I have in that conversation that, you know, you would find out those things from me, but what would I find out from you? Um, I would say I'm not a dealer. I'm Mm. not taking other people's horses. I'm a breeder. Yep. And and that's the majority at this stage and – in the horse industry, um, it's ever changing, but at mm-hmm. this stage, that's the majority of my income is breeding, train, is, and and selling horses that I've self-produced. So, um, yeah, I'm not taking other people's problem horses. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to breed a pretty specific um, product, and um, if it's if I don't feel it's we're going in the right direction, I'll stop using that mare or that stallion. Mm-hmm. Or I'll or I'll change the way I feed them or train them or whatever so that I get the right product at the end. Um, it's in my interest to produce the best possible horse to give the rider the most pleasure and yep. the most longevity out of that relationship. I don't want a horse to necessarily, like people's circumstances can change, but I, it's not. I don't really want a horse to be sold to somebody for six months. I'd love it to be their lifetime horse. Yeah. Like yeah, you said yeah. at the beginning, mm. you know, that that's that's my goal and I would love to follow their journey. And, um, and yeah, if it's successful, then that sells the others. Um, I breed for rideability and trainability, number one. Yep. Um, and I was very lucky, Worldwide PB being my foundation stallion, um, as well known, we got the – Paralympic gold medal at London, mm-hmm. and so that's proven in the horses, and all the youngsters are exactly the same. And now I'm add, adding a bit more athletic scope, but I'm very cautious that I maintain that trainability and rideability. And he also had this amazing ability; he had a liquidity to his movement, a softness to his movement, and I think worldwide. In some cases, that's that's been lost. Mm-hmm. We some people are looking for extremes, mm-hmm. and I so I'm I would like a little bit more scope, a little bit more athletic, a bit more natural impulsion and strong and suspension to the horses that yes. I'm with each with each, with each generation, but not at the cost of losing the effortlessness. Effortlessness and but like, I just want it to have a, an ease. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. I'm, I'm trying to breed a horse that does it naturally and effortlessly and um, elegantly and without tension, without mm-hmm. tightness, and because that will also keep the horse sound and also keep the horse. If it, the horse does it easily, it's happy doing it. Yeah. So yes, I would. Each generation, I'm trying to get a little bit more movement, a bit more scope. But maintaining that beautiful fluid fluidity that um, worldwide has imprinted on all the horses. Okay. Now, thinking again from a buyer's point of view, you know, I mean, a photo, video, 
But I think you've gone a bit further than that, haven't you? You've got Facebook and Instagram and you've got photos of your foals. Yeah. You know, you can so, follow them. So so if I'm yeah. looking at a particular horse, I can see what it's done, even if it's a, a three-year-old. You know, I know yeah, that you, training... You can go time. back yeah. to the day. It was, I can say it was born on this day mm-hmm. and you can go back on my timeline and you can see every couple of weeks there'll be a photo of that horse. Yep. And you can see when it went to clinics and, you know, when it we went out and cross country jumped it or rode it in the paddock or all all different things. Um yep. Yep. yeah. Okay. Okay. And I think that's important. I think it's nice to have a photo of your foal, even if you didn't get it until it was old. It's lovely to yeah, have a photo sure. like baby photos. Yeah, yeah. And just to have that. So that itself is you know, even though it's not actually changing the value of the horse in the person's mind who's buying the horse, it is changing the value because they've got that much more of a history already with the horse that they can get straight away. Yeah, yeah I can't I can't manufacture and I can't say no. this happened and that happened. It's it's there in black and white. Okay. Now tell me about trials. Everyone wants a trial, every buyer wants a trial. And every seller doesn't want to give a trial. How do you go on that? How do people really get the opportunity to explore the horse, ride the horse? How, how do you work that? I, I think um, in most parts, apart from a real riding school level horse, most people nowadays don't do trials, mm. mainly from the legality of it. It's just really hard work. I've had people suggest that I've seen horses that may be for sale for quite a lot of money, like 50000 to Melbourne for a month. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, sorry, I, I can't. Mm. But I offer that people, I, I've said to those people, well, your daughter can move in for two weeks. Yes, with you. Can okay, ride, ride every day. Ride yep. And, yep. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine if it's a substantial amount of money you're spending. Mm. And it's, it's a big risk. It's mm. like going into any relationship. You're just not going to have one ride and jump in. No. Um, I've also had another buyer. She said, Claire, I've bought six horses and they've not worked out. I want to be really cautious about this. So we came to agreement. She, I said, I won't sell the horse to anybody else in the meantime. Um, if somebody wants to come and look, I will let you know, but I won't sell it to you. You've, you've got like six weeks to make a decision. Okay. And she came and had a lesson two or three times a week, as often as she could get here, and she paid for the lesson. Yes. And then I gave her a lesson. It wasn't like I was selling the horse. It wasn't all flowers and roses and rainbows and, you know, mm, this mm. is all fantastic. I was like, give it a kick, sort it out. Don't Here's the boundaries. Don't let that happen. And she had a super opportunity. And... Then we both knew, like she knew from the second ride she was done, that it was mm-hmm. good, you know, but it didn't matter. We just, we kept going. But then I don't feel like I'm wasting my time. And she, she said, I don't feel guilty if I don't then buy the horse. Yeah. I yeah. haven't wasted your time. Mm-hmm. I haven't, you know, been the tire kicker and, and wasted your time. Yeah. And she could at any stage have changed her mind. Um, some people don't want to do that, but in that instance, that works for both parties. Yeah, you know, really successful sale. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, 
then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. That's right. And that's what you're looking for, isn't it? You know, that you're wanting to keep both parties happy and you ultimately want what's best for the horse. So if the person comes, has, you know, 20 lessons with you over the period of whatever time and they realise it's not the horse for them, you don't want to sell them that horse if it's not the right horse for them because you don't want it to be out and on the market. Yeah. What about people putting a deposit down, having conditions... Tell us a little bit about that. Um, a couple of years ago, I had a youngster, three-year-old, that was just packed, and I'd, I'd put, as as I was about to put on the market, I'd put more and more videos of, of her coming up, and then I'd put a video up on a set day, and she needed front shoes, and her front shoes had come off for some reason, and on the day I put the, like, for sale ad up, yeah. I got, like, six buyers. Oh, wow. Today. I didn't expect that response. Yes, yes. And I had a professional rider with a client looking for the exact horse, and they're like, "We are coming today." And I said, "You can't come today. I need yeah. the farrier." Like, yep, yep. I need like she was she was fine, but she's just on the bitumen. She was a little footsore, and I didn't sure. want to show a horse like that. No. And um, so we put her off till Monday, but they paid a deposit. Oh, just to show they're serious, yeah. Um, yeah, and other people were like, we want the horse, we want the horse, we'll come like right now. And I said, no, I've put these people off to Monday. And they were buying on behalf of a client who was overseas on holidays. But that horse was advertised on Saturday, mm. and they took a video of the horse on Monday, and by Thursday the horse was vet checked, paid for, and picked up. Yep. And that was the most efficient, absolute, and it went to a 12-year-old girl, teenager, a mm-hmm. three-year-old. Mm-hmm. But the rideability of that horse was astonishing. Like, it had huge scope and potential, but it also was as quiet and easy as can be. Um, and I had a queue of people wanting that horse. But but I, I say to people, like, especially if you want to negotiate on price, if the horse is for sale for say twenty thousand, and you offer me, you offer the seller fifteen, mm. and you go ahead and do a vet check. And somebody comes the next day and says, well, I'll give you full price 20. It's, well, it's a business. Mm, it's a business. Yeah, exactly. And, yep. I mean, if you put a deposit down, I have to, I've agreed. I've mm-hmm. solidly agreed. But that's, that's the best way to do business. Yep, yep. That makes yep. both parties safe. And a contract is a good idea for both parties too. I, I never had a contract and now I, I like to me, that's it's imperative. pretty sensible. Yeah. 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 I'm just thinking, you know, going back to the 12-year-old getting a three-year-old horse, she obviously had support systems in place. Yeah, they had, yeah. they. Yeah, I think you yourself as a seller are going to do the right thing and make sure that a 12 year old is going to have those support yeah, systems. Yeah, no, the horse yeah. is going into professional training for six yeah. months. Yep. And then the, the girl was going to ride the horse each week under mm. supervision and then the horse went over to her and it's been highly successful. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah. All right, now... Just thinking, you know, we sort of talked about me as the buyer coming in and and asking all these questions as a buyer, but you as a seller, if someone rang you up or someone asked you, met you, you know, you might have been at a dinner party, who knows, you know, but they ring and they say, 
well, such and such breeds, why am I going to buy your horses? Why are your horses the ones to buy? What would you say? You know, you're talking to me. I'm a potential buyer. What would you say about your horses? I would say they are the love of my life. I'm not probably the world's best business person. They're my children. Um, I I breed not in, I mean, yes, to keep my head above water and mm-hmm. keep the bank from the door, but I don't breed to make a ton of money. I breed because I love it. Mm-hmm. I also breeding to produce myself a, a top international horse that I might, you know, that I might not want to go out and seek and try. Um, I have a reputation to uphold. Yeah. Um, I'm not 21, which um, not to put any young rider down, but I have huge experience. Mm-hmm. And right now, I, it's taken me a long time to realise what is the best horse for me. Mm-hmm. Well, you talked about the trainability, yeah, and ride yeah, ability. Yeah, ability and trainability. Yep. Um, look, look at Vallegro, all the videos of him as a youngster. Mm. It wasn't this world-beating horse that didn't touch the ground. It allowed the riders and trainers to implement their ways mm-hmm. on it. Yep. Do you know what I mean? You yep. have to have yep. a horse that, that it is happy to work, is yes. happy to please you, that, you know, that work is like going out to play. Mm. So mm. I've had hugely talented horses in the past, which are mentally challenging, and yes. soul-destroying because mm. they're a bit arrogant and they don't, they don't want to please you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that I'm great with mares, and I'm I'm quite good with stallions, which a lot of people won't touch. Um, like I like the entire. I find them more rewarding and more giving than than geldings. So I've I've learned what works for me, and I'm trying to sell a product which I know is successful. I like I've I've got one mare right now that would plod round for somebody on the buckle during. Do, would jump and hack and dressage, and if a professional rider said, right, in five months I want it to go FBI, she would too. Yep. Do you know what I mean? She, yep. would, she would be as quiet and do it like a little daisy cutter, and then the next moment she'd be a little superstar. But yep. she needs a kick to, to get that. Mm-hmm. But as soon as, you are, as soon as you turn on the turbo button, it's there. Okay. Um performance competition would you talk about your performance and competition career because that would be something to do with your reputation so if I was buying a horse from maybe well-bred lovely horses but the people training them don't have much of a competition career I know as a buyer I would rather buy a horse from someone who's already been there done that rather than someone who I know I just train horses does that make sense yeah I've Mm. um Learned in the last five, ten years that that's imperative. I didn't yep. think it was, and yep. it is. People yep. really, really want that. Yep. I've had a couple of injuries, so I haven't been able to take some of the horses out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I am coming back into riding, I'm not 100%, so I don't want to be, you know, taking them out. And so I've said these horses haven't been out for two years because I haven't been out for two years. People don't care. They want them to have done that. Yep. And I now appreciate that a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um I had a horse for sale, I thought, last year, and she was seven or eight, and I could not sell her. I could not sell her because she hadn't been out. She had been at practice days and she'd been clinics and there was photos and videos, footage, 
but that was she'd been to a hack show even. She'd been mm, to two hack mm. shows. But people wanted her to have gone to a dressage competition. And I could not sell her because of that. She again sold to a teenager and she went to Melbourne and she cleaned up at every competition. Mm, and in yes. six weeks from them buying, they were offered double of what they were paid. Mm, okay. Right, and they turned it down because they said this is our lifetime horse. We love sure, it. Sure, you know, to the end sure. of the earth. But that all that horse needed was a couple of miles under its belt in the competition arena. Mm-hmm. And I had failed to do it because I just wasn't in a position to do it. Mm-hmm. So now, yeah, I've worked out that that's imperative, that they've gone out a few times and have a, at least a small record. They just want peace of mind to know the horse going to go out and not butt them off. And Yep, yep, yep. How close do they look at um, the pedigree? Some people a lot and some people, the good horse is a good horse. Like okay. some people won't touch certain lines. Mm-hmm. Oh, like they, yeah. they know a stallion and won't touch it or they're just not worried? Oh, yeah, or well, they won't touch a sea line or something. You know? Okay, okay, yes. Like I won't have a mare, they'll yeah. be like I had a contact, you know, yeah. 15 yeah. years ago, I never mm. want anything of that sea line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it depends, I suppose, if they want to breed or not. Yep, yep. Um, yep. And I'm quite lucky in the horses I've got now, worldwide, obviously came down from the Weltmeyer and um, Brentano line. So they're very good, maybe nowadays a bit more old-fashioned, but Holland's been for nature, it's fresh one, like it's a really modern. So I've got these strong, solid foundation lines in the stud horses mm-hmm. and yep. then I've also got really but then I've I've added first and ball and foundation and um dancia. So I've got really you know, I've got new fresh blood as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the individual ability. Are people buying, you know, do I just want to buy go to a stud because my friend or a couple of friends have had horses from that stud or is the individual ability of a horse. How important is that? What's buying from a well-known stud? I think it's really important. Um, I've had, yeah, a lot of, I've had a lot of inquiries and they were for horses I didn't actually have. You know, yep. everybody, they wanted an elementary meet and advanced horse and I just didn't have that horse okay. at the time um, from, yeah, a horse I sold last year. Mm-hmm. But that's great that eventually... Hopefully they'll be queuing at the door or lining up at the front gate saying, this is, that if the buyers can actually tell you what you want, yes, then okay. as breeders and sellers, we can we can produce that, you know. Um, and with each generation, I'm breeding more scope and more athleticism, but I also have to be mindful that may only sell to the elite. And that's okay. not the bulk of your Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've got stallions, but maybe I and and I've got fabulous mares, but maybe I need some more, you know, riding down to earth, riding mares for the amateur rider to enjoy rather than to necessarily go out and win on an international level. Okay. Now reliability, how important is that? For me, it's the be all and end all. There's no point having a genius. <laughs> yes, it's not reliable. You know, yeah. not touchable. Not you know, like can could do a pirouette for ten mm. if it wanted to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
Now, thinking about horses, and we're talking about Australia, and Australia is pretty isolated from the rest of the world. But more recently, it's been easier to import some horses. So why would I buy from a local, an Australian stud, if I can buy it cheaper from overseas? You know, you hear, hear about people buying, oh, it only costs this amount of money to get it from overseas. You know, what would you say to that? Why buy local when I can buy cheaper from overseas? Because even if you don't know the seller personally, mm. there'll be somebody with such a small community, there will be six degrees of separation, somebody who will know that. Like it, yep, for me, yep. there'll be 300 people who can who can recommend me. Mm-hmm. You can go back over my, I'm not a dealer, I'm a breeder. You can go back over the Facebook, over the Instagram and see the history of the horse and, and where I've been and who I've had lessons with and look at the EA results and see the competition history. Um, but I have a reputation because it's a small pond if I'm selling to Australia and I need to keep that reputation. Okay. If people are selling internationally, there's a dime a dozen, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I had a super horse I sold last year and it, it was bought by a buyer to go to a professional rider in training to Grand Prix. And, and I spoke to them about selling this horse in Europe. And he said, Claire, you can't, you can't. I was suggesting I took my horse to Europe mm. to be sold because yep. I knew it was world class. Yep. And they're like, you can't even, we can't trust them as a buyer. You can't trust them to sell your horse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, okay. And, and, and also the buyer has the cost, they've got to fly there. Now, if like the buyer I said before, he wanted to have six weeks of lessons, Specific mm, exercise. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You've, you've got the cost and the risk of injury to fly the horse home and in quarantine. Of course. There's so many horses that have been injured in quarantine. Mm, mm, you know, mm. and their cost people, they're, they're like, I can get a horse for 70,000 euros that would cost me 160 here. But when you look, when you bring the horse in, you've got to pay GST on them. Yep. You have to pay its freight and you have to pay its quarantine. Mm. And people like impulse buys. You can't you can't have it for Christmas. You're gonna to have to wait four months. Then the horse isn't gonna be fit. Not competition ready or you know, um, yeah, and you are more likely buying in Australia, um, to be able to check that person's history. Yes. And yes. and we say buy fruit and vegetable and from Australia, well, why, we can breed now international quality horses with mm. frozen semen. We can breed the same horses. Why not buy locally when they can be the same quality? I'm just thinking about the vet check too because if you buy a horse locally, you get a local vet check that's got the reputation mm. where if, it, if you buy one from overseas, you don't know the reputation of the vet even, do you? Absolutely. Yeah. And I've even heard... I've heard stories of them substituting X-ray. If you're not, oh really? I re- I recommend if somebody from interstate comes and tries the horse, I have a conversation that I want you there at the vet check. Yes, okay, okay. Yes, and they yep. might say, but I want to go home. I was like, well, let's do the vet check this afternoon, or come back next week and let's mm. do the vet check. Yep. Because I I just think it's imperative because yes. um the, something came up on the X-ray that gets talked about written down is different to how the vet talks to you face to face. Yes. Yes. And then you yes. can ask the vet and you can ask yes. what about yes. this? And you what can have about a conversation that? Again yep. about that. Yes. Yep. Um yep. Yep. 
And legality, what they write, they have to cross all the T's and tick all the I's. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Dot all yep. the I's. Yep. Um, so they have to be super careful, but they can say, is this ideal? No. Is this a deal breaker? No. Do you know what I mean? Yes, mm. we've got to yes. take this into account, but da, da, da. But what yep. they might write, you would be like, no, I'm not going near that horse. Yes. But yes. They're, they've got a heartbeat. Mm. They're, they're not all going to be perfect. Yep. yep. They can't be perfect. No, no. Um, so I always recommend the buyer is there. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You know, you as a seller, what is the number one thing for you? What is the most important thing for you as the seller? Um, the horse doesn't care if it gets a gold medal or mm. 50 ribbons, mm. that the person loves and adores them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's in, in an important investment, not as in a financial investment, but in their time and effort and love and, yeah. you know, emotional investment to them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's... I, I more often am not in tears when I'm showing the horse. Yep. If if the buyer gets on and it's a click, mm-hmm. I'll have tears well up in my eyes. Okay. And, you know, I'll get quite emotional. There. Yep. And, and if they turn around and give me a hug and mm. say, I will love it, you know, mm-hmm. then I'm, in, I'm, I'm it's sold. Yep. I'm okay. Yep. And yep. and if they think, oh, God, you're a complaint <laughs> <laughs> you know, If they can't feel that as well, yes. if they don't appreciate that, then I think, well, yeah. I think you're going to be teary now, Claire, you know, even just thinking about <laughs> selling a horse. So, yeah, no, yeah, I, I yeah. think I find it hard. Mm-hmm. I'd love to catch them all. What do you do? You know, you're after sales service. You, do you hear about your horses, see them, you know? What support do you give after you've sold a horse? I love to hear about them. I, okay. um, this morning I got a video from one that's actually show jumping. Mm-hmm. Some crazy dressage horses that I always mm-hmm. end up dressage horses. And he's a special case. Yeah, and he's got to. I sold him, and then he was resold again. And um, he has gone to somebody who just adores all his quirks. He yeah. he wasn't the horse for everybody. Yep. But she loves his. He he's got a full on personality. Like he jumps, and then he has a buck, yep. and he just thinks yep. it's a hoot. And she sent me a video going, "He's the best. I love him <laughs> here in the little world, you know." And and yeah, I will go to the competitions and I'll support them. Um, I often know the horses inside and out, even if they've only, even if they haven't been backed or they've only just been broken in. I've had that line, I've had that mare line, yes. I've had that stallion line. I'll go, okay, that horse, that, that line, they all tend to be a bit light in the hand and get behind the bit. You need a bit more leg. You mm. need to make sure you get the, you know, the nose in front of the vertical. I'm, I'm happy to give my time if you're, if you're a happy customer and it's a successful combination all the better, yeah? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not thinking time is money. I'm thinking I'd just, I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to hear your feedback of, you know, and I'd love to support your journey all the way through. Claire, I, I almost want to come down there and have a look and see what horses you've got for sale now. I, I think that, you know, yeah. I, I just think that's, you know, it almost seems like that's the perfect world for a horse to be born into, into a knowledgeable home that may not keep them for life but then get sold on to the right person, you know, with the intention of having them for life. And a horse that will go out and compete and do well but with someone who understands them and 
and you being able to give up that back up after sales service or, or just happy to support and help people once they've yeah. been sold. You know, it's not just the, the handover of the money and the horse is yours, but, you know, just the fact that you're there to keep talking to people and, and help them work through any little quirks that the horses may have. Yeah, I, I yeah, think, yeah. wow, what a great life for a horse, for one of your horses oh, to be born. Yeah, yeah. All right, look, I'm sure now everyone else wants to come and buy the horses from you and, and you know, I mean, they're not going to be um, they're not going to be a horse that you can just buy and sell and that you can, you know, save up a bit of pocket money for. They really are probably a once-in-a-lifetime horse. You know, the type of horse that you've looked for and been dreaming about for a long time. So I think if you're in that position to buy a horse or talk to Claire about it, Claire, what's the best way to contact you? Um, probably via my Facebook page, Claire mm-hmm. Wickens, or Tennyson Stud. I also have a business page, Tennyson Stud. Um, and my phone number's there. Send me a message and call because having a chat, it's it's just it's the best. Okay. So, I mean, yep. I, like you may say, I want a black gelding less than 16 hands or whatever, but I might say, well, I've got three brown mares that are 16 three, and yes. they may end up being a better a better fit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's have a conversation and I'll do my best to help you. And if I don't have anything, I won't sell you. I won't yep. sell you the wrong one. It's, it's yep. not in my interest. It's not in your interest. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help anybody. Yeah, I like that, keeping both parties happy. Well, it's all three parties really, isn't it? You know, you start yeah, to include sure. the horse in that. Yeah. Claire, thanks again for your time. And, um, you know, I think I said when we first started, we've talked a bit before about buying horses, but I love that everyone's come in with a different aspect to it, you know, and you've certainly come into a different aspect. And if you did miss those contact details for Claire, just go to horsechats.com, search for Claire or search for Wiccans, and you'll find her details at the bottom of each page. Claire, thank you for your time and look forward to catching up with you again. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you, Bonus. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.